On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to be recapping Saturday's action with KU winning a close one against Iowa State. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be recapping Kansas's close win over Iowa State in Allen Fieldhouse, top 15 victory for the Jayhawks. We're going to get to our goats of the game, and we're going to do a quick look ahead to the Kansas State game because it's a quick turnaround to that and uh, should be a pretty good one for that. But first, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Kansas takes down Iowa State, a close two-point victory for the Jayhawks in the end. They are three-point victory, was it? I don't, I don't even remember at this point. You know, all the wins, they feel the same because every game in Allen Fieldhouse is going to come down to the last shot. It is just going to happen, and it's like, well, are they going to make a stop? Are they going to make the shot? That's just what's happening here. Um, so another close one in Allen Fieldhouse. We'll see if KU ever has a game this year at home where they don't have to win off like a last second comeback or of a last second stop or shot like just win one by six you know just win one by seven uh just pull one away but Allen Fieldhouse magic continues and it, it was funny you saw um KU basketball their their social media account sent out a video from there was the banquet with the uh reunion that was happening for KU basketball and Roy Williams was one of the panelists who was talking up um on kind of the desk or I don't know whatever you want to call it the the stage and uh he was just saying like it's it's just Allen Fieldhouse magic like he was sharing a story of you know we just knew like in some of those big situations the other player was just gonna like miss the shot like that's just Allen Fieldhouse for you and so uh another close one in Allen Fieldhouse but the Allen Fieldhouse magic lives on as Caleb Grail misses the three at the end of the game um KU was maybe trying to foul at the end. They, they didn't foul grill. It looked like he was trying to sell a foul there. And maybe that caused him to miss the shot. I don't know, but you found a way to win. And now that is one of your best wins of the season. It's a top 15 victory. Like you look at all of KU's victories there. Um, I guess still kind of searching for that, like elite of the elite win, which to be clear, most teams don't really have that, but the depth of wins that KU has is incredibly impressive. Um, and it's kind of splitting hairs, but like, if you look at like Ken Palm, for instance, so KU lost to Tennessee. They're ranked second in Ken Palm. KU's highest win, though, is Iowa State, who is 13th. Um, and then it's it's kind of, like I said, it's it's splitting hairs a little bit in the sense of, like, um, you have a bunch of other good wins, like West Virginia's top 25 still on Ken Palm. Indiana's top 30. Duke is top 30. But Iowa State is is for sure your top win if you just look at it on Ken Palm. You'll have other opportunities you you know, you, you still play Texas coming up here and, and you have other good teams, whoever else emerges from the Big 12. But right now, that is your best win. So uh, certainly important there, but also an incredibly important win, to use that word again. Beyond just it being, hey, it's your best win of the season, 
it's important because if you're trying to win the Big 12, you have these two other teams who are tied with you for first right now at 4-0 coming in the day. Kansas State loses to TCU, and now you have an opportunity to be in first all by yourself as of the end of the day. Now, how long that'll hold, we'll see coming Tuesday night as you take on Kansas State. But the importance of this was that you got to hold serve at home in these games against these other top opponents because now if you lose that game, and Iowa State's sitting at 5-0, and and you're sitting at 4-1 and headed into Tuesday night in Manhattan against a really good Kansas State team on the road, and you lose that game, now you're 4-2. and Now let's say Iowa State wins their first game this week, and they move to 6-0, and and at that point, Kansas State is a, a game better than you, and Iowa State is up two games with a win in Allen Fieldhouse. It gets a lot more difficult to to navigate through and and find a way to win the Big 12 doesn't mean you still wouldn't be able to do it, but it just would get a lot tougher for the path moving forward from there. So you win the game, you hold serve at home, you keep everybody at bay, and just very important for you to do that against uh, another top-tier opponent. Not really a pretty game. Kansas shot 29% from three. They shot 60% on free throws. You got very much out-muscled on the inside whether it was giving up like hook shots to Osani or uh, giving up, you know, a bunch of offensive rebounds. Like at one point, I think it was 10 nothing Iowa State on the offensive glass. And that helped lead to 12 more Iowa State shot attempts in the game. You had to deal with Gabe Kalsher and Osin, Osin Yui, uh, however it's pronounced, going off in that game. Like not a pretty game. But fortunately, it was never one that you did have to have one of those big comebacks and it was just kind of back and forth all the way through. You were down three at the under eight timeout, but quickly came back from that. And in the end, you did a good job avoiding a huge turnover game. That was something that was key coming into the game. Iowa State number one in the country in turnover rate defensively. You did a good job limiting those numbers down. Uh, you owned a six to three edge the final 10 minutes or so on the offensive glass. Like I said, it was 10 nothing at one point. For the last quarter of the game or so, you actually did out-rebound them on the offensive glass, which maybe that was enough to kind of get you over the edge. And certainly there are a few possessions down the stretch where you might have needed an offensive rebound or two to, that that ended up resulting in a score for you. Uh, as as much as Osinui, um, Osinui, whatever, <laughs> I can't pronounce it, um, is a good shot blocker and they, they have good rim protection there, KU did do a good job shooting inside the arc they obviously struggled missing a bunch of open threes outside of like Grady Dick but KU shot 16 of 27 on two-point shots that'll very much play especially against a good defense like Iowa State and you found a way to win against a very good school who's having a very good season and helped you in an important Big 12 race as we just kind of discussed let's get to our goats of the game and then we'll finish up with a bit of a K-State preview First, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, experience, and values to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them fast and for free. They make it super easy to screen and rate applicants based on uh, your job, 
qualifications all in one platform. You want to achieve all your goals here in 2023 or right at the outstart of the new year. And you know what's going to help you do that? Getting the right team member on board that can push you across the finish line, that can take you to those new goals that maybe you haven't been before. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Goats of the game. We'll start with the good goats. I, I want to start with, I guess, Grady Dick. Uh, very obvious one there. 21 points for Grady Dick. 7 of 13 from the floor. 5 of 9 from 3. He had 5 rebounds as well. Had 2 assists. 2 steals for you. And he was in a game that nobody else could shoot 3s for Kansas. Like He was the, the kind of one saving grace. Um, for you from the outside and he, he had the foul trouble in the first half it really felt like in the first half like Kansas was holding Iowa State at bay and and maybe it kind of felt for a moment there like Kansas was going to have one of those games in Allenfield us where they didn't have to sweat it out down the stretch like maybe they would win by six to eight to ten points where you know the final two minutes of the game it's just like okay if you just don't turn the ball over every possession or you make some free throws or you make a few stops like you're going to be more than fine um but then once he got the foul trouble, the, the game completely changed because he was the one guy hitting shots. He was also creating such a gravity on the outside to open things up for other players. He played really well for you and hit some really important shots. And I think I said this on, on RCST on Friday. One way to beat a good defense like Iowa State has, just shoot over it. You know, if guys are, are shooting over the top of it and having good shooting games, um, then it's kind of tough for the other team. But also for Grady Dick, he kind of served a, a nice purpose of, being someone you could put in the corner and against that very um, feisty, ferocious and like over helping Iowa State defense, sometimes you can get open shots in the corner. And we saw that for Grady Dick and nobody's going to be better on this team than knocking those down really from any spot on the three point line, but especially from the the side uh, as Grady Dick. And he actually missed the first two both on open looks where it was like, uh oh, is this a continuation of him going one for eight last game? And they mentioned in the broadcast like he's one for his last ten. And then he just lit it up from there and, and was huge for you winning that game. Uh, second good goat, Dewan Harris. I know he had zero points. I don't care. Um, he is just such a rock, man. And, and we already know this. We've talked about Dewan so much and, and how valuable he is and, and everything he does for this team. Zero points. And he impacted the game so, so much. He also had six assists. He had three rebounds. He had two blocks. He had one steal. Played 39 minutes for you. And the importance of that, you're playing an Iowa State team. They're coming in number one in the country in turnover rate defensively. They turn over teams at 30% of the time. Almost one out of every three possessions is a turnover for the Iowa State defense. But for Dewan in this game, it was like, hey, we need to have ball handlers out there as much as possible. And you saw Bill Self a couple times for short stints of time throw out lineups of Dewan Harris, Bobby Pettiford, and Joe Yesifu all at once to get maximized ball handling on the floor. You also saw a lot of the two ball handler look with Dewan Harris and Bobby Pettiford out on the floor. And to do that a lot, you needed Dewan to play a hefty amount of minutes, and he did. He only sat for one minute of the game, and he just gave you that good ball handling out there to avoid that high turnover game. Kansas had just 12 turnovers. That's it. I said coming into it, if you have 15 or 16, I think you can live with that. In reality, being that close of a game, if KU had 15, I don't know if they win the game. So you had to have a low turnover number, and 
they have done an excellent job since the first half of Oklahoma State when they have 11 of them. Since that point on, they've done a really good job hanging on to the basketball, and Dewan Harris is the biggest reason why. You have a trustworthy guy holding on to the basketball for you the majority of possessions. That's going to lead to low turnover numbers. He's been so critical there, and, and I think I tweeted this out. Like Dewan Harris is an amorphous blob. Whatever you need him to do to win, he does. Uh, you need him to, to score like 14 points like he did against Southern Utah when other players outside of Jalen Wilson aren't getting it going. Boom, he'll do that for you. You need him to hit a bunch of threes like against Texas Tech. They're giving that opening. Boom, he'll do that for you. You need him to have a, a high-volume assist game or not even assist, just like taking care of the basketball like Iowa State. Boom. You need a game where he does have 10 assists. Boom. He can do that in other games. You need a game where, hey, you're, you're, you know, he's, he's kind of being the game manager, but uh, we've kind of stalled a little bit. Like, can you score a couple possessions for me? Boom. He scores six straight points against Indiana. Whatever you need him to do to win the game, he does just that. And this was another perfect example of just that. Uh, good goat for Jalen Wilson minus the three point shooting. He had. A really tough day, three-point shooting. Him and Kevin McCuller really struggled from the outside. Um, did hit the one-three in the second half, which was important. But overall, or no, I think actually it was the first half three maybe because the, the second half one ended up being a two-point shot because his foot was on line. Uh, so he goes 16 points. He goes four of eight from two. He had 11 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, one steals. All those numbers sound great. 16, the 11, the two assists, the two blocks, all of it. Four of eight from two, like that's solid enough, you know, 50%. But unfortunately, just one of six from three, which really skews how the final line goes, because then instead of it being, you know, 50 percent, it's now your five of 14 for 16 points. They need him to start being more efficient. And I think that's led to some of these games being too close because the efficiency hasn't been there. Um, and he was super efficient last year in Big 12 play. So it's kind of been an opposite there. But clearly outside of the three ball, he was super impactful and he was efficient enough from two point range that if he just hits you know, if he goes two of six from three, it really is a completely different situation and that it's not a close game down the stretch. So they need him to be efficient enough, like 33% from three, 50% from the field type of stuff um, for him to be at his max and really be helping this team. That's what he was doing early in the season or in the games where you were like blowing opponents out. It's obviously going to be tougher when you're playing these really difficult Big 12 defenses but they need the shots to start falling from three and, and the jump starts jumps uh, shots to start going for both Jalen and Kevin McCuller moving forward. But outside of that, Jalen was really good in the game. Uh, last good goat here. KJ Adams, 15 points, six rebounds, three assists, one block and one steal. And again, every game feels like he adds something new, like the, the little spin move where he ducks through and then nobody's there and he's able to lay it in. Or how about the uh, eventual like game winner for you where he, has the the kind of runner through contact to the right. I think it's funny that in your two home games, the last two years over Iowa State, when you need biggest shots of the game, like both years you have National Player of the Year candidates. Last year was Ochai, this year it was Jalen Wilson. Both years you have uh, first-round picks outside of your National Player of the Year candidates. Last year is Christian Brown, this year is Grady Dick. And neither time do you go to either player. Last year, it ends up in the hands of Dewan Harris. He hits kind of the, the running, sweeping hook shot. This year, it goes to KJ Adams, who hits the, the tough one there, running to the right. Uh, just kind of funny how that worked out for them. But he just continues to, to progress so much in, in what his game has been. And uh, a real offensive threat, honestly, at this point. Like, not shooting the ball from outside of, I don't know, the elbow. But, like, he has improved so much. And, and just even the little amounts of offense he's giving you, uh, of just outside like the, hey, I'm going to pick and roll, catch a lob if if they do this, and, and I'll give a good dunk. Like He is showing a repertoire 
getting his own shot, as you saw kind of on that final shot of the game. Bad goats for the game, Kevin McCuller's shooting. Um, I could probably put Jalen Wilson's three-point shooting on here too in addition. And if you combine the two, they went one for 11 from three. It's not going to get it done. You need both those guys to shoot. We talked about it a lot in the the non or in the uh, preseason. For most of the season, it hasn't really been an issue. But uh, he went 0 for 5 from 3, and there were some ugly ones, like the one that hit the side of the backboard. None of the misses looked super close for, for McCuller, and they need him to get that shot going. It has not been going so far in Big 12 play. Um, now, it's funny. It's it's kind of like the Jalen Wilson thing. If I remove his three-point shooting, he has eight points, which, you know, not a lofty number, but eight points, five rebounds on three of three from two-point shooting, and we know he's a good defender and is going to impact the game in other ways. It wouldn't have been a bad game. It's just the three-point shooting when they were, you know, it's one thing if he was, hey, having to chuck up all these threes late in the shot clock. They were like open threes in the corner. And for him, that's important. He needs to start making those for uh, his NBA draft prospects. I did see like Sam Vecini of The Athletic, his recent NBA mock draft had Kevin McCuller going 34. So clearly all the little things he's doing are adding up and, and showing out well for, for NBA scouts and some of the people who prognosticate that stuff. And uh, I do think he is going to be a, an NBA player because of all the things that he can provide, especially on the defensive end of the court. But to really maximize his game and to maximize this Kansas season, they need him to hit more of those open threes uh, moving forward. So maybe it'll happen against Kansas State. He, he has hit the clutch ones for you, and that does matter. Bobby Pettiford uh, stats is on the bad goat. I don't know that Bobby had a bad game. I think um, he probably impacted the game positively because of just the ball handling, which we talked about earlier. Okay, you only having 12 turnovers. Big reason why you have Bobby Pettiford to come out there with Dewan Harris. That helped. But uh, we we haven't had these games in a while. Early in the season, it was like Bobby's going to play a bunch. Or, and, you know, you hear about how he's helping the team. But you look at the stat sheet and it's like ah, two points, zero rebounds, one assist, one turnover, one for three from the field. And it's like eh, kind of empty calories on the stats. That was the case for this game. Uh, 19 minutes played. Zero points, zero rebounds, zero shots, one assist to one turnover in 19 minutes of action. But again, probably an overall net positive with just having the ball handling out on the floor. But uh, back to the kind of empty calorie stuff with that game. Last one in the bad goats, Ernest Uday and MJ Rice spots in the rotation. Uday has completely disappeared from the rotation uh, with the center spot that is still kind of up for grabs as, as far as the backup center, like KJ has secured the starting center spot uh, with MJ Rice. He's just disappeared from the rotation too. like the past few weeks. Maybe we'll see him for two minutes in the first half outside of that. Not really seeing him at all for both those guys. I don't know if it's a matter of maybe they're, they're still dealing with injury stuff. Uh, like in the case of MJ, he dealt with a lot of that early in the season. If it's just, they're not practicing well enough. If, uh, they're kind of in the Bill Self doghouse. I I don't know the answer to any of those, but it's just not really the case for either of those guys. And a little different than the Remy Martin stuff last year, because even with Remy, it was like, hey, we have a track record on this guy being like an all Pac-12 player. With these guys, they're still freshmen trying to learn their game. So you don't default onto that to where when Remy was healthy enough to play again, it was like, okay, well, we're still going to try him for 10 minutes a game. And if it works out even better and he ends up playing 25 minutes a game, great. With Ernest and MJ, the floor is no, they just don't play at all. And, and kind of that's what we're seeing right now. All right, we're going to finish things up with a quick Kansas a Kansas State preview here with Locked on Jayhawks. First, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and soccer. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those on Bet Online as well. 
They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. You can get in on the Chiefs against the Jaguars. It is uh, minus eight and a half. You can get on KUK State when that line comes out. You can get on any of the future action. KU to make a Final Four. KU to win the Big 12. KU to win a national championship. Do it all. Bet online where the game starts. Finishing things up here, the quick Kansas-Kansas State preview. We're going to talk more Kansas-Kansas State on tomorrow's show. Nick Schwert will be back with us, and uh, we'll be doing some KU basketball talk, KUK State. we got whose stat line is it anyway for tomorrow's show. But Kansas State comes into this one 15-2 overall. They are 4-1 and in the Big 12. Metrics don't love them as much as you know maybe some of the polls like them, but they're still a clear top 30 team in the different metrics. Um to me, they're like a top 15 to 20 team that has a, a ceiling that can be higher that, uh, than that at, at certain stretches of the game because of the way that they can kind of go off offensively. And a big reason why is Marquise Noel, who um, has been over the course of Big 12 play, like playing like one of the best guards and one of the best players in the country. Uh, he has been electric so far, and we saw him carve up Kansas in the, the game in Manhattan, really. I mean, both games. Last year in Allen Fieldhouse, that was a high-scoring game. It just didn't really matter what K-State did offensively because KU scored over 100. But, like, Marquise Noel, as much as Nigel Pack was just making everything, and that was a big key in last year's game in Manhattan uh, in the first half, Marquise Noel was setting a lot of it up with just his ability to drive, get into the lane, and kick and, and get open guys. So it's, it's preventing the penetration of him getting into the lane. That's going to be so important for the Kansas defense in this one. But uh, I, I think this is probably the two best point guards going at it in the big 12 with Noel versus Dewan Harris. And obviously they get things done very differently. Noel is very much drive and kick and can score it a lot. Like up until the TCU game was averaging like 30 a game during big 12 play, uh, really just hitting like everything from three. Dewan is more of the patient approach, but is still going to find the right move and the good defender and everything. So this should be a great matchup. And it's been an awesome K-State offense. Uh, they rebound offensively really well. They shoot it well. They play really fast. Keontae Johnson, the transfer from Florida, has been fantastic on the wing for them, being able to score from kind of all three levels. And then defensively, they're really good at forcing turnovers. Stop me if you've heard that before. Every Big 12 team ever, it feels like. Uh, but they're good at forcing turnovers, too. They have struggled in some other areas defensively, especially on the defensive glass. That was something TCU was really able to take advantage of, who gave Kansas State their first loss of the season down in Fort Worth. But, I mean, without a doubt, the Noel versus Harris matchup is the matchup of the game that's probably going to determine the game. But also, Kevin McCuller on if he is on Keontae Johnson, which I kind of expect him to, like, can he limit him to an inefficient game? Keontae Johnson might still get 16, 18 points, but if he makes him take a bunch of shots to do it and have some turnovers, or if you do hold him to, you know, 12, 13 points, that would be huge for KU. And then Kansas trying to get an efficient Jalen Wilson game. You need more Grady Dick shooting. How you deal with the environment in Manhattan. I think Kansas has done a great job dealing with tough road environments so far. Those are all going to be key to this game, but it really does start with the Noel versus Harris matchup in this first game. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. We're going to be back tomorrow with Nick Schwert for some more KU basketball talk, a little more KU K-State preview. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you, your podcasts are on our YouTube page. You can also hit it at Johnson. If you have any questions, you want anything for the show to talk about. Till tomorrow, have a good one. You can catch me on Rock Chuck Sports Talk later today. Bye.